So with that in mind, I just want you to know we have a special speaker who's always special, and that's Jimmy. He's going to come up and share. Give him a big hand as he comes to share. I don't know if that's a compliment or <laughs> being special. That's what I was always told when I was growing up. You're special, but I think that was just because my red hair and... Uh, I blame my grandma. My grandma prayed for a little red-headed boy. And so here I am. I love my grandma, though. She's in heaven, and I'll get to see her someday. But, but it's good to see you guys this morning. How many enjoyed this last week? How many enjoyed the storm? Do we have any storm lovers here in the house? All right, we've got a few. I was uh, at uh, um, the Fun Center, actually, with my youngest daughter, and I was looking at the, the forecast, and it had said something like, you know, um, there's been a tenth of an inch of rain in the last 24 hours, and there's going to be four inches of rain in the next 24 hours. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, is this real? And sure enough, and then uh, Sean O'Neill posted a, a great picture of what an atmospheric river looks like online. If you, any of you saw that, it's just like this, this big band of moisture going right to Grace Harbor. It was actually pretty incredible. So, yes, we had lots of rainstorm. Um, Fortunately, my house didn't lose power except for for a brief second, which was enough to reset the clocks. So my son got up uh, this morning, and I was like, no, Logan, it's, it's only 6.30. It's not 7.30. You don't have to get up. But, but so, yeah. And how many uh, enjoyed Pastor Doug's word last week? It was, I thought it was very timely. It was amazing uh, and to the point. And I'm, I'm glad that Halloween's over, mostly because I'm glad that as of yesterday, finally my kid's candy ran out. But <laughs> my son is not happy about that. He wish, wishes it would continue. But um, I'm also glad that we're entering in this next season, the season of Thanksgiving and Christmas. How many have started already decorating for Christmas? Okay, I knew there'd be a few of you out there. My, my wife is clapping. She hasn't decorated for Christmas yet, but that's just because she just got home from a trip, so I'm sure it will start taking place here in the next few days. I saw somebody circle on their calendar that uh, the season of Christmas is all of November except for the one day of Thanksgiving and then all of December. So you get a brief break for Thanksgiving. Um, but anyway, today uh, I am going to continue on with uh, this... Um, topic of generosity. Pastor Cameron brought a great word a couple of weeks ago, and he called it the generous soul, and I'm just going to steal his title. It's going to be the generous soul part two, because I believe uh, that is, that is uh, true, that we are supposed to be generous souls. So before we get going any further, though, let's just pray and ask God to speak to us and deposit into our heart what he wants to do in us today. So Lord God, we just thank you that uh, you are a good God, and you desire good things for us. And Lord, we just say yes and amen to whatever you want to do in us today, Lord God. I ask that you would speak to us, Lord God, and that, um, Lord, that we would understand, that it wouldn't just be head knowledge, but Lord God, that you would make it heart knowledge, that we'd be able to understand what you want us to get out of today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I think all of us could probably agree that the notion or the idea of generosity began with God. Like, its origination begins with Him. But I have a question for you. Like, where does it, like, where is it first mentioned? Where is this idea of generosity first mentioned um, in the Bible? 
Well, it actually begins in the very beginning. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them, and God blessed them and said, And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over everything that moves on the earth. Wow. God, first of all, gave us life. Come on. None of us would be here without that initial generous gift. And then on the, the inception of that... He gave us dominion over everything else that he created. Come on, that is amazing. And then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with, its, every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. He keeps giving. Now I'm giving you all this. And to every beast on the earth... Of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so, and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was even evening, and there was morning the sixth day. God gave us life, and then he gave us dominion, and then he gave us everything that, needed, that we need to sustain our life. Every bush... Every tree that produced fruit, he gave to us and to the animals that he gave us dominion over. How generous is that? Adam and Eve didn't do anything to deserve anything that God had given them. He created them, and boom, they were there. And then God's like, here, have, have, have this. Oh, okay. My kids didn't do anything to deserve anything when they were born. Yet, we clothe them, we feed them, give them gifts. Now they're starting to do chores, which is good. My son is a very good dish doer, and I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you, Logan. But God, or, or generosity, originates with God. He gave first, and he continues to give. And after God give, gave all of that to Adam and Eve... He said, you have all, all of the plants in the garden you can take of. It, they're yours. You can eat from, except for one. There's one that I want you to stay away from. And yet, Adam and Eve, instead of saying, thank you, God. I mean, thank you for all the stuff that you've given me. They looked at and were deceived and looked at the one thing they couldn't have and, and said, oh, well, God's not that generous. I have to take this for myself. And they did. They took the one thing that they weren't supposed to, even though they had all this other stuff that God had generously given them. And when they did that, their relationship with God was broken. But because God is so good, he kept being generous. And after they took of what wasn't rightfully theirs to take, Instead of all the stuff that God had given them, and they broke that relationship, God gave again. 
John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God gave them everything that they could possibly ever ask for, want, or need. And they still wanted more and broke that relationship. And when that happened, he gave him even more. He gave of his most precious. Jesus gave of his life for you. So generous. And, and with that, I want you to get, understand this, that generosity is not just about money. Because Jesus gave his life for you. You can't be more generous than that. So get out of your head the notion that I can't be generous because I don't have the money to be generous. You can be generous. There's many ways in which you can be generous. You can be generous with your time. God has uh, given you a certain amount of days on this earth. I don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. God knows. And he wants you to be generous with that time in servanthood and giving to others and spending time with others. And talents. God has given you each abilities and um, talents, some of which I don't have. I am so appreciative of our worship team. They have talents, and they give of that talent to us as they lead us into worship, as they lead us into the presence of God. You guys would run away with bleeding ears if I was the one up here trying to do that. (laughs) So you can give up your time. You can give up your talent. You can also give up your treasure if that is what God has equipped you with. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15 says, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Now again, remember, this is not just talking about money. You can sow in your time, you can sow with your talents. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one of us must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely because we didn't earn anything he gave us. He freely gave it to us. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. We give because he first gave to us, and he will supply us with what we need to be generous with. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Come on, that is so good. You will be enriched in every way. You need more time? Pray to God. He will give you more time. You need more ability? Pray to God. He'll give you more ability. You need more money? Pray to God. He'll give you more money so that you will be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. That's where it should all lead to. Our generosity should produce that thanksgiving to him because he gave it to us in the first place. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Come on, that is so good. Thank God for his inexpressible gift over and above 
and beyond has he been generous. So I've got a couple of points for us of why should we be generous. And before I actually move into those, um, I just want to say that there's a reason why that we shouldn't be generous. Not that we shouldn't be generous, but there's something that should not be our motivation to be generous. And that is we shouldn't be motivated to be generous because we're trying to pay God back for what he's already given us. Because we can't give back what he's already given us. What he's given us is immeasurable. There's no way. And if you try, you're going to fail and you're going to feel bad. And you're going to feel condemned because that's what the enemy wants you to feel. He wants you to feel condemned and beaten down. So that's not why we would give. God gave his life, his one and only son, so that we may be righteous. And we can't repay him from that. And it's actually almost a slap in the face when we try to pay him back. He's like, why are you trying to pay me back for this gift, this generous gift I gave you? Don't. That's not what it's for. So why do we? One, we were created to be generous like our Father in heaven. We were created to be generous like our Father in heaven. We go back to Genesis again, again, 127. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created us in his likeness to be like him. And if you think about God is what? The Godhead exists in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he created us, body, soul, spirit. And he created us to be like him. He created us in his image, and he created us to be like him. Now, there's some certain attributes, essential attributes of God, which make him different from us that we will never be. One, he's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. I'm not all-knowing. I know very little. (laughs) And I'm uh, ever-increasingly aware of this each and every day. I learn new things. Actually, my son, he teaches me stuff about nature all the time. I'm like, wow, I I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So I'm definitely not all-knowing. God is all-knowing. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at all the time. I'm standing right here for about the next hour, and then I will go home and watch the Seahawks game. But (laughs) I can't be everywhere at, at all times, but God is. He's everlasting. He has no beginning and no end. That's not us. We have a beginning. He created our beginning. He gave us our beginning generously. So there's certain things that God is that we will never be, but there are some moral attributes that he created us to be like, in us to be like. He created us to be loving like he is loving. He created us to be forgiving like he is forgiving. You may feel like there may be some people in your life that you're just like, there's no way I I could love or forgive like Jesus loves and forgives. And in your own power, you can't. But through his power, you can And he created you to be able to access his power to be able to do that, to be like him. And he also created us to be generous like him, to generously give, not out of compulsion, but out of love. So he created us to be like him in that way. If you grew up in the 90s, like if you were born in the 80s or before and you grew up in the 90s, You probably know this name anyway, but Michael Jordan is probably the best basketball player that ever, probably still considered the best basketball player that ever lived. 
And there was like a, a campaign, a, a commercial uh, thing in the 90s where uh, they play this, this song and all these kids would be running around and the song was, was saying, I want to be like Mike. And you see, yeah, I want to be like Mike. And you see all these little kids running around on the basketball court trying to mimic all of his moves, trying to do, you know, I, and I did this too. I would, uh, as I was playing, it wasn't that hard to, to win because I was usually playing my younger brother who was seven years younger than me and I never let him win. And I was a horrible, hor horrible older brother for that. He'd go up for a shot and I'd swat him. There's like, seriously, like three years straight where I didn't let him score a point. I was bad. <laughs> but he ended up becoming a better basketball player than I was. So, you know, how, I don't know, but... Um, but I would try to be like Michael Jordan. I'd do the spin moves, and I'd do the fadeaway shot. And if you really were trying to be like Michael Jordan, you knew that as you were doing all this, you had to stick your tongue out you know, as you're doing it. Do the spin move, the fadeaway. Try to hit the shot, but you'd watch it clang off the rim instead of go through the hoop like Michael Jordan. But you tried to do everything that Michael Jordan did so you could be like him and be the superstar that he was and be as good as he was. There was another person as I was growing up that I wanted to be like. Some of you all might know this person as well. His name was Bo Jackson, and he was phenomenal at both baseball and football. And since baseball was like my love, I was like, I want to be like Bo. This guy is like strong and talented, and I just want to be, I want to do whatever he is doing so I can be like him, so I can be strong and talented and be the best baseball player in the world. Well, about when I was 10 years old, I was reading through uh, this magazine, this little um, sports magazine about Bo Jackson and his uh, growing up as a kid and what he did and how he got to the point where he is now. And I read that he asked his mom when he was younger that he wanted her to make him liver and onions for dinner every week. And I was like, that's the secret, liver and onions. <laughs> If you've ever had liver and onions, you know how bad it is. <laughs> I asked my mom to make me liver and onions, and she looked at me and she's like, why? You know, it doesn't taste good. It's like, no, I, I want, she's like, why do you want, this is Bo Jackson eats liver and onions, mom, and Bo Jackson is strong and he's a great baseball player. I wanna be strong and be a great baseball player. So I had her make me liver and onions, and I was, dedicated to this. I had her do it for weeks. <laughs> it was nasty, but I, had, I was like, I choked it down. I was like, I'm going to be like Bo Jackson. Mm. My pro brother and sister, I don't think they had to, I don't think my mom made them have to eat it, but they still had to smell it, which I'm sure ruined many of their dinners just smelling it. But I wanted to be like Bo Jackson. I was going to do whatever it took necessary, even if it was uncomfortable in the moment, so that in the end I could be like him. And sometimes God asks us to do or be generous to an uncomfortable state in the moment, but he's trying to get us to that point that makes us like him in the end. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Now I'm hoping through example that my kids 
will get the good parts of me. <laughs> and they'll just ignore the bad parts. There's no bad parts about God. So we can look to him continually and constantly and just try to emulate him and be like him. And so we should look at his generosity and want to be generous just like he is generous. He's sacrificially generous. We should be sacrificially generous. Giving not to get back. Giving just because he has called us to. Knowing that he is the good giver and that he is always going to supply our need according to what? To his riches and his glory. Amen? So we don't have to worry that when we give, we're going to run out. Because God is not like that. If he's asked us to give, he's going to supply all that we need according to his riches and glory. Number two, being generous is life-giving to the giver. Pastor Cameron used this scripture a couple of weeks ago. Um, but Genesis 12.2 says, and as he's speaking to Abraham, God is speaking to Abraham. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So God's telling Abraham, hey, I'm going to bless you, but don't let that blessing end with you. Use that blessing to then be a blessing to somebody else. And I'm going to give you what you need to be generous. You're not going to have to get this all on your own. I'm going to give it to you, but make sure that you also give it away. So I have a few friends who have made this trip. It is my desire at some point to make a trip over to Israel and to see, you know, the, the ground that Jesus walked and, and just visit all the sites over there and see it. It's one of my, my heart's, but, heart's desires. But um, there's a river over there, and many of you probably know it, the Jordan River flow, flows uh, north to south from uh, the top of Israel, and it kind of divides the nation of Israel and the nation of Jordan. And it flows north to south, and it flows into this body of water that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, but uh, the Sea of Galilee. And it should be familiar. It's the, on the shores that Jesus spoke a lot of his, his words uh, to people, and it's in this body of water that he told Peter, hey, cast your net on the other side. And Peter was like, Okay, God, I've been fishing all night, and I haven't caught anything, but because you said so, I will. And so he does, and I think most of us know the story that he catches so much fish that he couldn't take into the boat. Jesus generously gave to him in that way. So the Jordan River flows into the Sea of Galilee, where through the, the example of fish, there's lots of life in the Sea of Galilee. Lots of fish life, lots of plant life, and there's thriving communities in and around. But once, uh, and then on the other side of the sea, so the Jordan River flows in, in the north side of the Sea of Galilee, and then the southern uh, end of the Sea of Galilee, the Jordan River then flows out again. And I want you guys to get this. The Sea of Galilee is full of life. The Jordan River flows in, the Jordan River flows out. That constant flowing in and flowing out. God's generosity to you is not meant to stop with you. It's supposed to flow in and it's supposed to flow out so that there can be that constant refreshing, that constant flow of life in you and through you. Amen? After the Jordan flows out of the Sea of Galilee, it goes for a while and then it flows into another body of water. 
Maybe some of you know that body of water. It's called the Dead Sea. Because the Jordan flows into it, but there is no outlet to the Dead Sea. So what flows in stays there and ends up becoming stagnant and dead. There's no life there. It's, it's too salty. It's like 9%, 10% more salty than the ocean. And fish can't survive and plant life can't survive. So what rivers supplied the Sea of Galilee and brought life as then it flowed out, that same river goes into the Dead Sea. It becomes stagnant and dead. So will our life be if we let what God has poured into us stay with us? We need to let what God has given us flow out of us, whether that be your time, your talent, or your treasure, right? 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19 says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. See, the things of this earth can be here today and gone tomorrow. How many watch the stock market <laughs> in the days that we're on? Here today, gone tomorrow. It's uncertain. So don't set your hopes on that, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Look to the one who is generous. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. What's life? What's truly life? To be like our Father in heaven and to invest in eternity. And to invest in eternity, that means we need to receive and then give. Receive what God has given us and then let it flow out of us. Amen? Amen. So that means that there's a periods of time where we need to take time and just rest and let God pour into us. But then when he does, don't hold on to it. Let it flow out of you so that that flowing of life can flow through you. There's been certain times in my life where God has asked me to give uncomfortably. above and beyond what I was willing or wanting to give, whether it be in my time, my talent, or my treasure. Where I stand now was actually um, something I didn't want to give in, <laughs> to speak with my mouth. It was uncomfortable. Now I count it a privilege. He's also asked me to give uncomfortably with my finances at times. And we've, I've been a couple of times talking to my wife about it. It's like, that's a, we both felt like God spoke the exact same uh, number to us. And we're like, well, that must be God then if you, we both got the same number. And so we're like, God, okay, I trust you. This is more than we are comfortable with. And usually God does ask us to give what is what we're more uh, uncomfortable with because he's looking for our trust in him, our faith in him, not in our own ability. And every time that God has asked me, asked us to do that, he has supplied 
more, abundantly so. One time he asked us to give a certain amount, and we we're like, God, that's, that's, that's a lot. And he's like, yeah, it is, but you need to do it. So we're like, okay. Later that year, he provided a raise and a promotion that amounted to about 10 times the amount that we gave. Come on, you can clap for that. That's how generous our God is. And you know, when he asks me to give again, I'm going to do it. Not to get whatever blessings on the other side of it. Because we can get trapped in that as well. It's like, okay, God, uh, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get rich by this. No. I'm going to do it because I want to be like God and I trust him. That he who asks me to be generous will supply me the the means to be generous with. Amen? Amen. God is so good. I love how generous he is. Beyond what we could ask for, beyond what we deserve, he continues to give. If God had only given just what he did at the beginning, that would be more than enough to give us life and to give us dominion. But he went beyond that and he gave his life once we messed it up. And I want to just ask, and we can all stand at this point as we close. If you are here and you have never accepted that generous gift of salvation that God gave us through his son Jesus as he died on the cross, I want to give you that opportunity today to accept that gift and make known that and remember remind you that when you do it's not your obligation to try to pay that gift back whatever you do beyond that is just because you want to be like your father because you want life to flow in and out of you so with every head bowed with every eye closed if that's you this morning and you haven't accepted that gift or maybe at one point you did but you know that you've kind of discarded that gift and you want to accept it once again. If that's you this morning, could you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See that hand? Thank you. And this is for anybody online as well. If you want to accept this generous gift and get the, the generosity just planted in you, thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. All right, let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for being so generous to give your son to die in my place. Jesus, thank you for being so generous to give your life, to pay for my sins, and to give me your righteousness. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my mistakes. From this day forward, I promise to serve you. I want you to be my boss. I want you to be my king. I want you to be my friend. And I want to be like you and be generous like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. That's the best decision you can make. At this moment, I'd like to invite our altar team up. And we're just going to end with a song. But if you want prayer for anything this morning, please come and get prayer. Because our God is a good God and he wants to continue to give. 
So let's just end with some worship right now.